I'm Dee. And I'm Alicia. And welcome back to another episode of Tea Over Interiors. I'm so excited to be with you guys today because we have a special guest, Risha from Walden Interiors, and she is going to discuss with us vegan interior design. But before we get to that, ladies, you know I need to know what you're sipping on. Let's start with you, Risha. Well, I love tea, and uh, my favorite is actually Pluff and Sons Colonial Bowie. It's really smoky. That is my favorite, so I drink that most mornings. Awesome. Alicia, what are you sipping on? I'm sipping on... Actually, I decided to make... I did this last week, too. I am making orange cinnamon turmeric tea. It's a very different type of tea for me because it's not tea leaves. It's like pulverized. It's a little bit hard to get used to. And so I keep trying to test it so that I can get acclimated. I think it's an acquired taste. Mm. It's a little different. So taking it slow. Yummy. (laughs) So before we join, I was sipping on chocolate chai. I love chai. So... Yeah. I'm having chocolate chai. It's yeah. delicious. It's creamy and rich. Yummy. So, Sounds good. Let's move on to these random randomness. <laughs> In honor of Black History Month, my randomness today is about Lonnie Johnson, who was a NASA scientist who actually who accidentally invented the super sofa while he was working on a jet pump project. And he invented Johnson. the super soaker. Super soaker. Oh, really? Oh, super okay. soaker. The soaker. That's that. Like, yeah, the, the gun. Yeah, the super soaker. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he invented that by accident, and that took me back to my childhood. We used to run around the neighborhood soaking each other with these, with these super soakers. He spent his childhood tinkering with objects, including his sister's dolls. And he earned a scholarship at Tuskegee University. After Tuskegee, he found a job at NASA. And that's when he invented the Super Soka by accident in the 1980s while working on this jet pump project. Oh, wow. I did not. That, that's a good randomness, Dee. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I am so excited to speak to you, Afrisha. So we are going to turn it over to you and you are going to tell our audience all about vegan design and why they need it in their life. Thank you so much for having me, Dee and Alicia. I really appreciate it. And I love talking about interior design and I love talking about vegan interior design in particular because I I wasn't vegan my whole life. I became vegan about seven years ago. And when I became vegan, well, I decided to eat plant-based. And then I quickly realized that that I needed to do more because I was not consuming animal goods, but I was selling them and making money off them. I thought, well, well, yeah, that's really hypocritical. I need to align my personal choices with my business principles. And so I started doing interior design from a vegan perspective which is only incorporating non-animal products in my interior design. And it's amazing. I, I never really thought of it before, but at that point, I started realizing how prolific interior design products were with animal products. 
and how reliant we were on them. And yeah. so really, you know, fueled me to learn more and um, increase awareness and education about these, these products that we're bringing into our homes. So vegan interior design is a cruelty-free design. There is just no way of um, using an animal product without uh, there being any trauma or violence or anything attached to it. Vegan is a lifestyle. It's not just, you know, a choice about a plant, eating a plant or something. It's really incorporates everything in your life. So vegan interior design looks at it from a cruelty-free, compassionate way of how to create this beautiful home for yourself without using any animal products. And I believe that's so important because everything is energy and what we bring to into our homes is energetic. And if I feel and I continue to believe that animal products are inherently violent and we're bringing that into our home and our home is to be our sanctuary, a reflection of ourselves, of the life that we want to have and kind of world we want to live in. Right. So this is why we're bringing these animal products into our home that are energetically misaligned with what we really want in our life. And when we can come home to positive energy-filled home, I think that is really the key to having beautiful interiors is wrapped up in not just how it looks, how it functions, but also what it is and, and what that represents. Like what or animal products that we bring into our homes that we don't even think about. Like, what could that be? And the number one thing that people say right off the bat is leather. Oh, well, I don't have any leather. And that definitely is a big component, is leather. But some things people don't think about are down. And everybody, I'm sure, has a down pillow, down duvet in their homes that they're using. And that is an animal product. Wool. Wool is a lot in carpets and in upholstery and that is an animal product shell bone horn others not just leathers but snake skin and other animal hides it really can run the whole gamut of where and where we use where we use animal products in interior so fortunately for us it's amazing what the alternatives are and they keep coming out with better and more i guess animal-like realistic alternatives which is great because i think the beauty that we see in animals is something that we can appreciate and cherish having in our homes but they don't have to be animals like it's like a painting of a beautiful lion we don't have to have that lion hide in our home to say it's beautiful Lisha, so, do you think yeah. that there are more people have you noticed a difference in the amount of people that are asking and demanding this type of interior design? I honestly think that I don't know if people are demanding it, but I think that it's just coming into their conscience and to their awareness because it's not something that is really talked about. Uh, interior design is something that we do periodically. Like you and me, we, we do interior design all the time. So always thinking about product, about what it's made of and how it's made. So those are ideas that, that are always on our mind. Whereas most people, when they do, when they decorate, they will decorate and they'll think about it for whatever, six months, eight months it takes them to design their home. 
And then they won't do that again for another 10, 15, 20 years. So it really doesn't even come into the thought process that, oh, you're right, this is an animal. I have a question for you. Mm. How do you feel about bow, bow hides and things like that? Do you feel that that's also not vegan by having even a faux product that represents an animal? How do you feel about that? Well, I definitely understand it from that point of view that, you know, we're appreciating this sort of dead hide that's on the floor that is full. But there is beauty in the patterns that animals have. And if creating a faux hide will eliminate the death of one animal I, I i don't see the harm of that like i think great like bring on the foe because that's gonna that alternative is gonna stop people from needing needing i don't know what the need is but needing or wanting dairy. from my point of view i think that's only a good thing um and it encourages people to then consciously make choices instead of just doing choices because Historically, that's what we're taught. Oh, yeah, you put hides on the floor. Oh, yeah, you use wool and carpets. Well, why? Like, why? We can question those things now. And we don't have to go with what history has said. Well, we always use wool on the floor. So who cares? Like, so what? We always did that. We're always going to stay where we are. Well, I have another question. Mm-hmm. The alternative, when it comes to the manufacturing of these products, how does it impact our environment? I know that it will no longer impact the animal, but how does it impact our environment and how is it sustainable and reduces the carbon footprint? Is that the purpose of vegan interior design or the purpose is more so being cruelty-free to animals? Exactly. I think the purpose of vegan, being a vegan, living a vegan lifestyle is living, I'm vegan because I want to live a compassionate life. And in doing so, I have chosen to not use animal products, which makes me a vegan. So is it the purpose to be sustainable? No, but that is actually one of the great benefits about being a vegan is we think that, okay, well, you know, the the leather we're using is just, you know, being, it is natural and therefore it's a good product. Well, not true because leather to produce a leather hide requires a lot of prepping. They have to do a lot of uh, cleaning the hide and applying it to a lot of chemical processes that most of that preparation in the hide is done in third world countries where there are no regulations on the conditions that the workers live in, nor what happens to all the waste product. And leather requires a high volume of water in order to create the leather. Now, if you just took the hide of an animal and stuck it on a chair, it's it's going to decompose because that's what it does. But in order for it to be a leather product that can sit on that chair and be good for 20, 40, 150 years, it needs to go through a whole chemical process and not decompose. And that requires a lot of chemicals and process and that gets flushed into our the waterways in third world countries. And we know what happens over there, it's going to come around here. And, you know, this is a small world. So that isn't sustainable. Yes, leather vegan alternatives are usually petroleum, polypropylene and other petroleum products. But it uses far less water to produce. It's done in regulated factories. 
it's done under better conditions. And you don't even take into consideration the footprint that an animal has on environmental process because that's a, that's a different story. You know, Risha, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I guess what I want to hear from you, since this is your field of expertise. Yeah. How are people becoming aware and are they becoming more aware? Like, are they definitely getting information readily? Do they have to really find it? Like, do they have to mm -hmm. look hard for it? Is yeah. it? Yeah. Like, so I, I'm, I'm with D because D and I have talked about this at length. We like people who want us to design with that awareness in mind. Right. But we don't, we don't get it very right. often. But is it because they don't know about it? Is it because they don't think it's possible? Is it because they don't think that anyone would go to any great lengths to accommodate those needs or those desires or their preferences? What What do you think about that? I, I agree. I totally agree. That's, and that's a great question. I think that's exactly what happens and that it's a it's this awareness. I, a lot of my social media marketing is really education and awareness because people don't understand. And if they don't know it, how can they even ask for it? I've had a few vegans to design interiors for, but I can't say that People are coming to me because they're vegan. They're like, okay, I want to be a vegan. I want a vegan interior design. They come to me and if they're not vegan, they get the benefit of that I that I offer a vegan de interior design. But I think it's, it's, is it changing? I think the mindset is changing, but not yet in interior design. Like, you know, I'm probably doing something nobody really cares that or thinking much about, but people weren't talking about vegan fashion five years ago. And now I would say that's really big topic yeah. in fashion, yeah, right? So, and I think if you look at, you know, how we live our life, you know, and, and of course, vegan plant-based eating has skyrocketed to billions of, worth billions of dollars, right? Which it never did. Even seven years ago when I was vegan, the options were far less than what they were today. The eating component is something that we do every day, three times a day. So you're always thinking, what am I putting in my mouth? What am I eating? So you, you get to make those choices and those connections very quickly. And then it moves on to, oh, like makeup, because that's, or body products or cleaning yeah. products. Those are things you do regularly. Right. And, you know, maybe every day even. And then it gets into, well, fashion. I, I think fashion is something you don't do every day, but you certainly do it. You know, you're picking your clothes and then you're going to buy new clothes. So you're doing that more monthly. And I think that the, the stretch to interior design is just taking longer because it's something, like I explained before, we don't do very often. So it doesn't even register. I think that yeah. it would probably register or change more if it was, I don't want to say forced upon people, but if you notice... A lot of the major retailers like Bloomingdale's and Macy's and I believe Neiman Marcus, they won't sell fur, but they will oh. sell like, I believe, fox fur or rabbit fur or something like that. Oh, really? So that I didn't. If, if they were to eliminate leather from the market and only have faux leathers that are made well, then people would have no choice. And a lot of times these full leathers, you can't, they feel the same. They, they're easy to maintain. They look good. They don't wrinkle. 
So, but the, my only thing is that because some of those products are petroleum based, like you said, what are they doing to completely make that vegan? Because as we know, petroleum comes from fossil fuels, which are decayed, you know, animals, I guess you can say, right? And so how are we going to really create a true vegan lifestyle and maybe it's because people they hear the word vegan and they've seen the way PETA addresses certain situations it's very in your face it's very cruel it could be very cruel you know throwing paint on people because they're wearing a fur instead of taking the time to educate them it kind of turned people off from the term vegan maybe we need to change the name of it to cruelty free and you know because people love things that are not animal tested and cruelty free and better for the environment what do you think about that i know i said a lot what do you think what do you think about those things? <laughs> all good things all good things the cruelty free versus vegan that's a debate that i had in my head for a long time and i use both terms you know confluently because vegan actually makes people stop and say cruelty free is almost like a very you know political term not to get in people's face. So it, I guess it depends on the context. And I think that I kind of like vegan because it kind of like, what? What are you talking about? Like, I never heard of that. What are you talking about? So I like the drama, uh, you know, and the awareness that it brings when I use that term. But I can hear you that some of PETA tactics maybe seem cruel but they work, you know, they get people to stop and think and they're, and, and I don't know how you do that otherwise, because we're so indoctrinated what animals and what animals go through. And, you know, like we don't see, we see a happy cow selling milk. Well, I can tell you that that milk product came from a lot of violence and abuse, that the only way for that milk to have gotten to where it is, is because that mother was impregnated against her will, had a baby, and then could lactate. And then her baby's taken away and is disposed of. In the milk industry, those calves are just byproducts. And so then the mother is milked for that milk that should have been for the baby. And that's the only reason we have milk is because she got impregnated, had the baby, and then we could take the milk from her. And then as soon as she starts drying up, they impregnate her again to go through that. And the life of a cow, a cow can live like 20, 30 years. The life of a dairy cow, five years. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, I, I always thought milk from a cow was like weird, but I, I can't have milk anyway. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I still think that like what you say, that's, that's cool. But then there's so many different things. Cause then what about the organic farmers who are like, you know, I don't do that to my cows and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. I just, I, I believe in, vegan interior design like I told you I was vegan before I'm more plant-based now right but what do we want to tell the listeners can you talk to people the top three benefits of why right now you should turn your interior into a vegan interior the number one top reason why you should consider vegan interior design what I mentioned before is about bringing that cruelty-free energy into your home and making your home the sanctuary that you want it to be, the place where you come back and establish your equilibrium and have it really help you live your most abundant life. I think that's the number one reason. The number two reason is because if you want to have 
you want to live a compassionate life, then you have to look at how your choices are affecting other sentient beings. And those sentient beings in this case are animals. And the third reason is environmentally. The animal industry is the number one polluter of the environment. It uses tons of water to keep the animals hydrated and clean, and it all gets flushed down. So environmentally, that would be my third reason why I think that interior design, having it vegan is really important. But that being said, I can tell you, I don't think you should go out and throw all your stuff away and say, okay, I'm going to be vegan. I didn't do that. That doesn't make any sense. And I think, you know, you have shared on your podcast about how much you like reusing objects and repurposing and stuff. And I think that's important too, because I really believe in that. I love reusing items from the past and re refurbishing them, reupholstering them, painting them. So I don't think you should go up and just throw everything out and say, okay, I'm going to now buy only vegan. No, I think you just consciously make choices going forward that lead you into that kind of life. Mm -hmm. I agree. Very wasteful. So we don't want to promote the wastefulness at all. Right, right. And I just want people to know also, if they do start to feel bad because they're hearing how things are made and they didn't really think about it. You know, you go to the store and you see something and you don't think about how did it get here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who made this happen? So, you know, bless your items and give appreciation to them and ask for their forgiveness, you know, thank them for their service. We don't want people to feel horrible about their choices. Because again, we don't know where half the things we, we eat or use come from, especially like in the case goods, you know, we were talking about you mentioned third world countries and with the leathers and things like that, but it also affects the furniture industry as well. Like, oh, yeah. you know, the way things are made. And so that's a whole yeah. nother topic. Oh, my so goodness. So there's just so much, right? And we don't want to <laughs> overwhelm people. We don't want them to feel bad. So no. say so that they don't feel horrible, but they're like, I'll make better choices from now on. Right. I, I mean, I've only been vegan for seven years. And I think the worst thing that I say to myself is I wish I'd known sooner. But now I know, and that just allows me to go forward with a different perspective. And I'm so glad because it makes me feel very empowered. I'm making much more conscious choices. It really forcing me to examine what am I doing and purchasing. And, and that, my purchasing power, is how I get to create the world I want. Because if we get enough people purchasing you know, we're talking about the leather. This is one little thing I want to add in there. There are plenty of these alternative plant-based leathers that are coming out, but there isn't a big enough demand to bring the price down to make it affordable for people to purchase. And like, I know there's agave leather and mushroom leather and pineapple leather and apple leather, but it's cost prohibitive. So if we can get more people latching onto that and giving these companies the opportunity to produce, at a lower cost, then like we've achieved like the kind of world we want to live in and we're and we're funneling ourselves off of petroleum products and we're using plant-based products. So all good stuff. All good stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We stop buying those things, they'll they'll have to stop making it. Exactly. <laughs> That's a lot of power. Like we don't think we have that kind of power. 
totally have that power. We're and very- not so much to put people out of business necessarily, right. but to have them think in a new and maybe they become the leaders in producing a different products because they've got so much experience with this other process, but now they can parlay that experience into doing something even more fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. And those and companies. Yeah. And there are companies that are doing that. I don't know if you're familiar with Miyoko, Miyoko's Creamery. They do plant-based cheeses and milks and dairy products, but she's been doing this a very long time. And then when literally, I think just before COVID or during COVID, she just burst out and she's been going gangbusters, but she helps dairy farmers transition out of a dairy farm. And that's part of her mission is to help them into plant-based or you know, almond farms or something else, another type of farming besides the farm animals. Great. Yeah. So it's not, she, we're not saying you got to stop. We got to kill all the, you know, dairy farmers. No, we're changing. We've changed. We can see our change in the country of the last hundred years and how technology has changed us. It's changed business. It's changed how we do business. It's also changed the businesses that we do do. So that can change. Yeah. So thank you so much, Risha. This is a great talk. Awesome. And we really appreciated having you. We may have you back. Okay, love to. Anytime. Yeah, sure. I love talking about vegan interior design. (laughs) Everyone where they can reach you before we wrap up here. Sure. I can be reached on my website at walden-interiors.com at Facebook, Instagram, Walden Interiors, LinkedIn. I'm on TikTok now. Or just give me a call, 973-722-3872. Love to hear from you. Thank you so Yes. Yes, I love it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to talk with you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Really love you. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. You too. All right. Bye. 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 <laughs>